You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Friday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue Radio. If you're watching on YouTube, Please like, share, and subscribe. If you're listening across the Big Blue View Radio Network, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. As we continue to review the Giants 2022 season and look forward to the 2023 offseason, I have the A-lister today, Patricia Trena. Big time Patricia Trena here with me today. <laughs> to uh, to help us us break it all down one of our one of our favorites here at big blue view patty how you doing good but when did i ascend to a list i thought i was like d list at this point <laughs> oh i don't know patty every time every every time you and i do a show together we get i i get comments that say oh the a team's together so <laughs> so 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 you're an a-lister all right. Well, I'll take it. So there you it. go. You're an A-lister. So, <laughs> so you know, it's we're, it's big time, big time when we can get you on the show. So there we go. So, uh, Patty, our our season is over, and I have to chuckle because you, the job that you and I do, the NFL is you know twenty four seven, three sixty five, and and I always get the, the question as soon as the games are done. So what do you do for the next six or seven months? <laughs> <laughs> um, all I, I, and I don't even bother to try to explain. All I say is the job changes, but it's not any less busy. <laughs> so it's uh, so there, there, there's a lot going on with the giants, even though the season's over. And as Joe Shane said the other day, the book on 2022 is closed and they're on to they're on to getting ready for 2023 and beyond. And, and Patty, I wanted to start. You know, we used to do back in the old days, in the old old, old days, old days. <laughs> the old old days. We used before we even did podcasts. We used to do. We used to trade five questions on Fridays. We used to do a Friday five, and we're gonna since this is my Friday show, we're gonna kind of loosely do a Friday five, try to keep it to, to five general topics as we go through here today. So just, just in honor of the old, old days, we'll do it that way. Throwback. I like it. There you go. So the first, first topic we have to talk about, obviously main topic of conversation with Joe Shane on, on Monday during the season ending press conference, main topic of conversation was the free agency of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And we can't get into numbers. We can't get into exactly what it's all going to look like in the end. That's that's to be determined as we go. But I came away with the impression that, yes, 
Joe Shane and Brian Dable want both players. But I came away with the impression that it's clear to me that Daniel Jones is the priority and that Saquon Barkley is, if we can get it done at a number that we like, you will get it done. Um, I'm just curious if, if you came away with that same impression and, and if you think that's the right approach. Absolutely. First off, yes, I did think that that was the, that was the impression I came away with. And it makes sense from a financial perspective, because according to Over the Cap, to franchise Daniel Jones will cost the Giants $32.445 million. To franchise Saquon, you're looking at $10.1 million. So do the math. What's the difference there? It's, it's about twenty two. Give or take. Well, Patty, Patty, I'm bad at math. You do the math. Well, you're asking me to do the math, and I, I don't have my calculator hand. Oh, we'll geez. say about 22. It's about okay. 22. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, here's the thing. The Giants in 2023 have 44.9 million in cap space, 41.77 in effective cap space. And the, the difference between the total cap space and the effective cap space is that the effective cap space is what they need to accommodate the top 51 that starts on the, the new league year on March 15th. So that being said, Ed, if we take that difference between what it costs to franchise the quarterback versus what it costs to franchise the running back, if you have to franchise Daniel Jones, you've got to deduct 22 you know, what 22 million, we'll say from the effective cap space that leaves you with not a whole lot left considering that you also have to, you know, sign your draft picks later on in the year and get some other things done. Now people are going to probably say, well, they're going to cut Kenny Galladay. They're going to probably restructure Leonard Williams. So they'll get, they'll get money there. Yes, but it's going to be kind of a trade-off. So for example, Galladay's money, I suspect it's going to go towards other needs and, um, you know, same thing with Leonard Williams, you know, maybe they extend Dexter, maybe they extend uh, Andrew Thomas. So the bottom line is, is that money is just not going to be sitting there just, you know, it, it's usually like a trade off, so to speak. So you definitely if you're Joe Shane, Daniel has to be a priority because you don't want to have to use the, the uh, franchise tag on him. If you, you know, if you can't get a deal done, if you have to pick your druthers, you would rather franchise Saquon at the lower amount. Absolutely. And I think that the reality of it is quarterback, when you think you have a good one, quarterback always has to be the prior priority over pretty much anything else. You've got to have the quarterback and and then you you kind of figure out the rest of it. The Giants don't want to lose Saquon Barkley, but it's it's apparent that that there's a number that they have in mind that they're right. willing to go to and uh yeah, there was a report, you know, Ralph Facciano, I think, reported that Saquon turned down 12 million. Mm -hmm. And I can't see him getting a whole heck of a lot more than that. But uh, yeah, but we'll see. I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that that the last thing in the world Giants co-owner John Mara wants is to see Saquon in another uniform next year. So I'm sure the Giants are operating, you know, with that in mind as well. But but as Joe said the other day, he's got to figure out he's got a limited pie. 
you know, there's a salary cap. He's got a limited pie. He's got to figure out how to divvy it up and you can't blow the whole thing out of the water for a running back. Exactly. And, and, you know, the 12 million, and I had heard that, that uh, number floated around as well. 12 million would put Saquon and that's APY average per year. That would put him in the same class, if you will, as Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, who, by the way, is a two-time NFL rushing champion, um, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, and Joe Mixon. Then the next group up is Alvin Kamara and Zeke Elliott at 15 million. And by the way, I would be surprised if, if Zeke Elliott doesn't get cut. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, I should say, if he doesn't get cut this year. Um, although Tony, the Tony Pollard injury might save him, I don't know, but I, I think they might do something there with, with uh, that 15 average per year. And then you have Christian McCaffrey, 16, point million, 16 million. So, you know, here's the thing. Saquon wasn't used as much as a receiver as I think we thought he would be, certainly not as much as he was in his rookie season. So if you're the Giants, I think one of the questions you have to answer, and this maybe is the coaching staff has to answer this for Shane, is how do you intend to use Saquon moving forward? Are you going to use him strictly as a runner with an occasional pass sprinkled in, or do you want to use him like a McCaffrey? And then if, you, if the coaches say, well, we want to use him, you know, sort of like a McCaffrey, but not to that extent, that's how you kind of come to that number. But, you know, I think at, at the end of the day, if you're the Giants and Saquon, maybe you meet somewhere in the middle between 12 and, and 14. But there are vehicles they can do. They can put like incentives and there are other little things that they can do to boost the number up without hurting themselves. And in fact, there, there are tricks. And I'm going to I'm going to have an article out on Giants Country about this. Actually, um, there are tricks that they can use to inflate the numbers and pay the player if he if he earns it while also getting a credit back if he doesn't earn it. Right. It's various ways to use incentives and, and things like that. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that, Patty. We always look forward to your uh, to, to your capologist information. Why don't you work for the NFL cap office or someplace like that, Patty? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to. You know, you know it's funny. I, jo- I joke all the time. When I was in school, I always got C's in math. That was the one weak spot for me. And when I, when I grew up, you know, I, when I got to college and stuff, I started to, you know, my cousin, my late cousin was a a department chair at the St. John's university. He was a math department chair, brilliant mathematician. And sometimes he would, he would kind of tease me. He's like, how could you be my cousin? He says, you, 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 he says, you've got to be better at math. So I took that as a challenge and I got better, but I cheat too. Cause I use a calculator and I always believe that, you know, I don't need to know angles and all that stuff. I just need to know the basics, how to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. There you go. There you go. Pat, and I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Anyway, we always, uh, we always defer to you when it comes to, uh, when it comes to cap information. So we'll be looking forward to that. Patty, the next uh, the next sort of topic to hit. I also thought it was interesting when when Joe Shane was asked about free agency and building the roster. He was very adamant about in house before you know bringing in players that he wasn't as familiar with. I think the Giants have eighteen unrestricted free agents. I think it's going to be very, very interesting 
to see which guys he brings back because he did admit he wants a lot of those guys back, but he, at the same time, he admitted that there's a talent gap. So, you know, between the Giants and some of the the top, the absolute top tier teams. So are you as interested as I am in seeing just how he goes about figuring out which players to go forward with? And maybe if you have an idea, a couple of guys that that you think he might let go or keep or, you know, just, just guys you have strong feelings about who might be free agents. Yeah. So I'm looking at the list here on over the cap. And I think there's actually 20 or 21, if you include Sterling Shepard, who has avoidable year. And first off, you know, I'm not surprised Shane said what he said. I mean, of course he's going to say he wants everybody back. You know, he's not going to sit there and say, well, I want, you know, these guys back and I don't care if these other guys move on. But um, I think the priorities are likely going to be Saquon. Well, I know the priorities are going to be Daniel and, and Saquon. Those would be the top two. I think one of Nick Gates and John Feliciano will be back. Um, I could see Feliciano maybe getting the nod here, but on the contingency that, of course, the Giants – draft the center for the long term. I know Feliciano, uh, he, he's a favorite of, of, of Bobby Johnson's. Nick Gates is a favorite too, but, you know, obviously Feliciano and, and Bobby Johnson have a little longer um, relationship. And by the way, I spoke to Nick Gates on my podcast. If anybody wants to check that out, we talked about the coaches. If you want to check that out, um, just going down the line further, Sterling Shepard, I could see them bringing him back on a on a veteran minimum, sort of giving him an opportunity to make the roster if he's healthy, you know, kind of like what they did with Victor Cruz coming off the injury and Mario Manningham. And if it doesn't work out, you cut him and, you know, you, you have a minimal dead money hit. I don't think Justin Ellis is back. Matt Breida, I wouldn't mind seeing back, but I don't know. Um, you know, maybe they can go cheaper there. I think Jihad Ward will be back because I know if Week Martindale is here, he loves Jihad Ward. Um, Casey Kreider, the long snapper, I, I have a feeling they may look to upgrade there. Uh, let me see. Landon Collins, I'm not confident he's back. Nick Williams, I don't think he's back. Tony Jefferson, I'm not sure if he comes back. He, he, he's, he's, he might get, a again, a veteran minimum. Um, so he might come back again if Wink is here. I could see Richie James being back. Jamie Gillian, I think, will be back, but he'll get some competition. Marcus Johnson, probably move on. Jared Davis, uh, I think they'll bring him back, even though he struggled. Uh, you got to remember, Jared Davis was kind of thrown into the mix, didn't really have time to learn that defense. So I think that they'll, they'll give him an opportunity to compete and bring him back. I don't see Slayton coming back. I'm not sure Henry Mondo is back. Zimenez can go either way. I'm not sure on Zimenez. Cager, I could see Cager being back. I could see Davis back. Julian Love is going to probably be a priority. And then you have Jack Anderson, who's an ERFA, and Isaiah Hodgins, who's also exclusive. I think both of those guys will be back. So, um, so yeah, that, that's just a quick take running down the list of, of free agents both un unrestricted, restricted, and of course, the ERFAs. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Patty, let's let's hit another topic. You know, spinning forward to uh to 2023 a little bit. Um the way that I have put it when I've been asked about 2023 needs, I think we can look at positions and would probably mostly agree. I think it's it's wide receiver, it's corner, it's linebacker, it's both lines. But the way that I put it, by and large, is what I think the Giants need in most of those places isn't just more people. I think they need difference makers. They need game changers to take that next step that that people keep wanting to ask about. They need more difference makers. Kayvon Thibodeau is a difference maker. Aziz Ojolari, when he's healthy, is a difference maker. Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones can be difference makers. But to me, that's what the Giants don't have enough of, are real, true difference-making players. That and they also need to close the gap, the talent gap between their starters and their backups. For example, we saw in that Philly game, when Dexter Lawrence needed a blow, Justin Ellis came in and uh, there was a, a bit of a drop off to put it nicely. So you want to have guys that if you lose a guy to injury, that a guy can step in and you don't have that big of a, of a drop off in the talent level. I think that's where you've got to start. You know, can those guys be different maker difference makers? Absolutely. But you want your difference makers to be on the field more than on the bench. So if I'm Shane, I look to, you know, I, I agree with you. I think both lines need upgrades. You know, the defensive line, the, the depth there was was just, you know, they tried different things that didn't really work out for one reason or another. Abysmal, Patty. It was abysmal. Yeah. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> okay. uh, the interior of the offensive line, they had their share of problems. You know, they've got to stabilize that group. And I could see them, you know, hopefully drafting a center. They'll probably, re like I said, they'll probably resign one of Gates or, or, or Feliciano and let him kind of keep the seat warm, if you will, until the until a rookie is ready. I would be surprised if the Giants don't go that route. Receiver is a must. Joe Shane said in his presser that, oh, you know, you don't necessarily I, – I think he downplayed the need for, for a, a number one receiver. And he said, well, there's a lot of number one receivers – sitting home now. Yeah, but there's also a lot of number one receivers who made differences for their team. So I, I just, I, I found that comment to be kind of, you know, a head scratcher because number one receiver can make a difference. Um, 
So you need that. You definitely need more corners. I mean, look at the, the struggles they had when when Aaron Robinson went down and then when they lost to Dory Jackson for a chunk of games. Um, you know, they 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 struggled. So linebackers, another position. I think we can all agree they need cover guys who can cover. I mean, how many more times do we have to see the middle of the field be so wide open because a linebacker can't get there? So there are a lot of needs that this team needs. And um, it, it's going to be interesting because, you know, do they get it from free agency? Do they get it from the draft? You know, I don't think Shane's going to make huge splashes in free agency. I would be surprised. I could see him potentially trading for number one receiver. That would not surprise me. Um, Andre Hopkins, if he becomes available by, by the Cardinals, that would be a name to keep an eye on. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it, it's going to be, it, it's a big puzzle piece that they have to figure out and it's going to be fun trying to figure it out on our end. We'll probably yeah, be is. wrong, but we can put together best educational guesses. Yeah, there you go. That's 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 the best we can do, Patty. The one thing I will say about wide receiver before we move on to to another topic is Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James. They all did a really nice job for the Giants the second half of the year. But a big, big part of their success was Mike Kafka. Mm. A big part of their success was Kafka's ability and his willingness to to be flexible, to, to use, to, to sort of evolve the passing attack into these stacked formations, bunched formations. I mean, Mike Kafka created a lot of the free releases and a lot of the open wide receivers. He, he schemed a lot of those guys open. Um, and what we saw, you know, Saturday night against Philadelphia was, you know, Philadelphia's got, all pro pro bowl caliber cornerbacks. They've got talent in the secondary and they closed those gaps. They, they, they eliminated those holes and what the giants don't have. And I don't blame Joe Shane for what general manager wants to, I mean, in Sean's words, they, they don't want to shop hungry. They don't want to appear desperate. They don't want to bang the table and say, I have to go out and get a guy that plays this position because, because then you're in a weak position. But what the Giants could really use at wide receiver is a guy who can win on his own, a guy who's, who's, who can make a play even when he's not open. And, and because that makes a difference for your offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the three receivers you mentioned did a good job. You know, all things considered, you know, a lot of people refer to them as practice squad receivers. I think they have a keeper in Hodgins, by the way. I don't think Hodgins is the number one receiver. I don't know if he's necessarily a number two, but he's definitely a guy I think that's going to be in the mix next year. Um, Richie James as a slot receiver was, was certainly very interesting. But, you know, once Wandale Robinson is healthy again, you know, I, I think maybe they switch on and off with him. I could see Richie James coming back, I think. Um, but yeah, they definitely need a number one receiver. Kenny Galladay did not work out for whatever the reason, health, attitude, whatever. And uh, that those two sides are headed for a very costly but necessary divorce. I'd be shocked if Kenny Galladay is back here next year. And I was kind of surprised because it seemed like every week when I did mailbags, a lot of people kept saying, why isn't Kenny Galladay getting involved? Why why don't they throw the ball to him? And I think they were going off of 
that week 18 game against the the Eagles when the Eagles kind of played a, played it vanilla you know they played it a little bit more you know of a game plan but there was a lot of vanilla in there they didn't show a whole lot and you know at the Giants you know they just they had nothing to lose really so I, I don't think you can go up that one game Galladay you know I don't I don't know what happened there but um, that obviously did not work out and we all had hopes that it would, and it's just unfortunate because now it's going to cost the Giants a pretty penny to have to get rid of that contract. Absolutely, absolutely. Patty, let's talk about 2023 expectations. And everybody has the question, how do the Giants jump from 9-7-1, and from just making the playoffs to being a, a real championship contender? And... You know, there, there's. I'm I'm always reminded of Mark Schofield, who says, you know, progress is not necessarily linear. What you don't just because you went from four wins in 2021 to nine wins in 2022 doesn't absolutely mean that you're going to, without any question, go to 11 or 12 wins in 2023. And, and I, ha- I have to laugh, too, and I'm getting a little bit long-winded, but O'Shane Zimenez told me a story about Brian Dable the other day, which, which I also think about, because Dable, he said that when he first met Dable, Dable talked about progress, and he said, he said, you would think progress is a straight line. But he said he took a piece of paper and he drew a whole bunch of squiggly lines on it. And he said, that's more like what progress looks like. You know, you don't, it does, it's not always a straight line. And, and as Dable said, there's no guarantee that because we made it this year, we make it next year. There's, I think there's what, seven teams that made it last year that didn't make it this year. So you can make progress per se. You can continue to build. You can be in a better long-term place, but you might not win as many games. So it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a weird thing. It's, there's no guarantee that they'll be better. Well, I think what the Giants need to do is they need to define what they consider progress. Is it wins and losses? Is it making the playoffs again? Is it improving the deficiencies that they had this year? I mean, one area they can certainly work to improve is the injury situation. I think the Giants finish as the sixth most injured team this year per man game's loss. And that's something they're going to tackle because they lost a lot of guys due to injury, including most of their draft class. I think all but one guy, McFadden, suffered, you know, lost time due to an injury. So the Giants, if you're the Giants, what is progress? You know, it's it's a we know what the definition is, but what do they consider to be progress? I mean, for you, for you and I, Ed, we we write in addition to podcasting. So for me, progress might be, okay, I wrote three articles yesterday. Today, I'm going to write five. You know, that that's progress. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was more productive today than I was yesterday. So what do the Giants consider to be progress? And I think once they answer that question, then they can say, okay, here's what we need to do in order to achieve that. Yeah, and obviously, as we know, coaches, they want to win every game. They want to win every week. And obviously it would be nice to see the Giants win more games and make the playoffs again and, and continue, continue that arc. But you realistically, 
and I don't want to sit here and say, oh, the Giants aren't going to make the playoffs next year. But, you know, realistically, it's it's not a straight line. You no, want to get you want to get to be, you know, as as Joe Shane says all the time, you you want to build this thing for the long term. You want to continue to put those blocks in place. And and it will be interesting to see how the Giants divvy up that pie, how they assess those priorities. Do they do they move on from Saquon Barkley as part of what they consider to be their building progress process so they can use that money elsewhere? It, it's that's why the, the offseason is always so fascinating. Yeah, and, and, and it's gonna be. I mean, you know, Shane mentioned that they would start their meetings on I think he said Thursday, or he said later in the week. So, you know, we're taping this on on a Wednesday. So certainly by the time this airs, they will have started their meetings. But I think they had an idea what they wanted to do and they just have to kind of lay it out on the table and say, Okay, ladies and gentlemen, where do we go from here? What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish in terms of progress? And and like you said, I think it starts with defining what they consider to be progress from year one to year two, because it isn't going to be linear, you know, just because they won nine games this year, you know, you can't say, okay, our goal next year, it, it, you know, if we don't win 10 games plus, then, then we, we failed. No, that's, that's not how it works. And they have to determine what progress is and, you know, I mean, we'll that, see how they, how they determine that. Yeah. It could be a lot of things. It could simply be filling the roster with more of their own draft picks, with more of their own choices, with more of their own players that they want to go forward with. And and that leads me to the last topic of the day, Patty, and you, you hit on it a little bit, and that's the, the 2022 rookie class. I just want some of your thoughts on the rookie class. And, and we know what we saw from Kayvon Thibodeau. We know that Evan Neal struggled, but – when I look for when I look forward to 2023, all of the injuries, I can't help but think that that in a way, you almost in a way you almost have two rookie classes entering 2023 because you've got so many guys that lost so much time to injury in 2022. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, look, there was there was talent in that 2022 draft class. The injuries, though, I mean, this team, if nothing else, they got to figure out how to get this under control. I, and, and listen, I know football is a violent game. I know injuries are going to happen. You can't avoid broken bones. You can't, you know, ACLs, unfortunately, you know, hopefully the, the turf, changing out the turf will fix that. But the calf strains, the groin strains, you know, anything with soft tissue, that's got to, they got to take a long, hard look at that and figure out, you know, what are they doing? What aren't they doing? You know, how are these guys training? You know, are, are these guys overtraining in the offseason? I mean, there's any number of factors that go into this. And uh, they, they just, they got to solve that because you're never, every time these rookies get injured and miss chunks of time, that stunts their, their growth and development. You would ideally like the 2022 class to come in next year and hit the ground running. Well, you know, Darian Beavers missed the whole season. So he's got to pick up where he left off in the summer, which basically is it's like going through a rookie season all over again. Marcus McKeithen, same thing. You know, DJ Davidson was was injured, what, five games in? Same thing. 
So that's going to be the big thing for the Giants to to one of the big things to address when it comes to that rookie class. Yeah, absolutely. And just two quick points that I want to make. The Giants have been trying to solve this problem for years. They've been trying to solve it with different coaches, with different GMs, with different training staffs. There is no easy answer. Hopefully they can, you know, hopefully they can identify something, you know, in well, there their is, training there methods. Is, I'm but, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. There actually is an answer that has evaded them. And that's consistency. You know, it's kind of like a diet. You know, you, you start a diet, for example. Let's say you start Weight Watchers. And then you get tired of the diet and say, okay, I'm going to try Keto. Uh, Keto, rather. And then you do that. And then that does, you get tired of that. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to try uh, the, the low-carb diet. And that, you know, you got to be consistent. You got to pick one way and be consistent. And with the Giants, if you look at their trainings, uh, their um, strength and conditioning staff, they have changed that out, what, every two years, every time there's been a head coaching change. So now build some consistency, have the same staff in there, you know, stop having, you know, one guy might be all about free weights. The other guy might be about, you know, machines. There hasn't been any consistency. So, <coughs> excuse me, you have to have consistency and just stick with one program and let that reap the, re the results. Yeah. And I think the other thing, you know, as I was also going to say, look, you can't, you just can't keep firing. You just can't keep hiring new strength and conditioning staffs, right. new training staffs. You just can't do that. The other thing when it comes to, to training methods is people have to understand that players spend more of their year training away from the facility than they do training in the facility teams can't necessarily control what these guys are doing with their individual trainers and their off season programs. And, and to me, that's part of it. But the, mm -hmm. the last, the last thing I wanted to say is you probably get a lot of questions about the turf. I get a lot of questions about the turf. I understand all the questions about the turf and people always say to me, well, what are the giants going to do? And I think something that people are overlooking and that they have to understand is that this is not a New York Giants decision. The New York Giants don't own MetLife Stadium. There is another team that, that plays there with them. This is a joint decision between the Giants, Jets, and MetLife Stadium. This isn't the Giants pounding the table and saying, we want grass or we want this exact type of field turf. This is a decision that the Giants cannot make alone. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people forget that. Um, so the Giants are going to have their say. The Jets are going to have their say. The question is, is can the two teams agree on something? Because, you know, if you go back to the origins of MetLife Stadium, there have been disagreements about how the stadium would look, you know, the color scheme, everything, you know, everything in between where the locker rooms would be. And, you know, I would hope on a topic like this, which is, you know, shared by the two teams, obviously they want their players to be healthy. I would hope that they would come to a conclusion and not squabble over, okay, we want this type of turf, whereas the Giants want this type of turf, you know? Oh, Patty, the Jets just go need to find a parking lot and go get a stadium of their own. <laughs> 
they tried that a few years ago, but I think it fell apart. They were going to get a supposedly get a stadium on the west side of Manhattan, and that just never came to to fruition. So, oh well. Yeah, what are you going to do anyway, Patty? Thank you very very much for uh, spending some time with me, Giants fans. Thank you as always for listening. Please stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.